Back in February of this year, we invited you, our wonderful, enthusiastic community, to be part of the Plan Strong Test Kitchen and provide us with feedback around our all-new burger mixes. And I got to tell you, the feedback and support that you guys showed us blew us away, and we have been hard at work in the kitchen, and we now have our first program graduates, three delicious skillet burger mixes. We're going to be launching them into the universe so you can stock up ahead of Memorial Day weekend. You can check them out at planstrong.com. The three flavors are black bean, portobello mushroom, and our all-new sweet curry. Once mixed with six to seven ounces of water or broth, the dough may be pan-fried, air-fried, or baked to a crispy, aromatic, rich golden brown. These mixes, they take the hard work out of making healthy burgers at home and yield quality, quality results. They're whole grain, oil-free, a great source of protein and fiber, and they're made from a combination of ground oats, beans, seeds, and spices without any of the added sugar or excessive salt. I want to thank all of you for being such an important part of the Plant Strong Test Kitchen, and I know that you're going to love these as much as I do. Thanks so much. Hey, my cruciferous cousins. If you happen to live near a Whole Food Market store, there's never been a better time to stock up on Plant Strong chilies and stews. That's because we're on sale for the rest of January, and you'll notice we're on display alongside our friends at Mary's Gone Crackers. These crunchy little adorable crackers hit the spot when you're craving something wholesome to dip into your hummus. I love dipping Mary's Gone Crackers into any of our chilies and stews. You can pick them up all this month at a Whole Food Market store across the country or anytime at PlantStrongFoods.com. So coconut oil being positioned as a health food, I think it's, you've, you've said this phrase, the greatest lie the devil ever told. (laughs) And it's, <laughs> it's very bad. It's essentially the same as butter when it comes to fat in your blood. So um, let me, let me, before you go to the next slide, I just want to put in my two cents here as well, because I just want to re- reiterate to all of our listeners today that all oil is junk and um, you know, coconut oil in particular just promotes um, with all this saturated fat promotes that inflammation. I'm Rip Esselstyn, and welcome to the Plant Strong Podcast. The mission at Plant Strong is to further the advancement of all things within the plant-based movement. We advocate for the scientifically proven benefits of plant-based living and envision a world that universally understands, promotes, and prescribes plants as a solution to empowering your health, enhancing your performance, restoring the environment, and becoming better guardians to the animals we share this planet with. We welcome you wherever you are on your Plan Strong journey, and I hope that you enjoy the show. I am thrilled to welcome back the popular Jessica Hegarty to the Plan Strong podcast. Jess and I just did this Facebook Live event a few weeks ago, and the response was so powerful, so overwhelming that we wanted to share it with all of you. So a little backstory about Jess as a little reminder. Jess is the director of food development 
around all of our Plant Strong food line. She's the one who does the deep dive into the research around all new products, all the ingredients that we're looking for uh, in our food. And if it doesn't pass her sniff test, it's not going to make it in. Needless to say, I trust her implicitly. And if you've ever tasted our Plant Strong foods, you know the rigorous taste and nutritional standards that we hold ourselves to. Today, Jess is here to talk coconuts. As you may know, we at Plant Strong, we're not huge fans of it because of the ridiculously high amounts of saturated fat. In fact, it's pretty much the only whole food that we can't endorse when it comes to plants. But Jess doesn't just look under the hood of the coconut itself. She also explores other popular coconut-based products like coconut oil, coconut water, coconut extract, coconut yogurts, coconut flour. My question to you guys is, can any of these products be considered a plant-strong food? Are all the supposed health benefits just marketing hype? Is any of it worth our valuable dollars? She'll tell us and even provide some fun alternatives. This is a in-depth look at this exotic fruit, and I can't wait to share it with all of you. And if you want to watch the entire presentation on YouTube, we'll provide the link in the show notes for you at plantstrongpodcast.com. All right, she's back. Please welcome Jessica Hegarty. Thanks, Rip, and thanks for letting me uh, (laughs) be able to speak about this today. I have to say, coconut is one of my favorite foods. (laughs) Taste-wise, coconut is probably second only to chocolate. And so when I first was learning about a plant-strong way of eating, I was like, this is going to be easy. Avocados, walnuts, olives, great. Whole plant foods, awesome. I will just eat my coconut and I'll blend it really nicely into a, a, a coconut cream, the whole coconut. And that'll be my, my whole plant food. And when we, you know, when you shared with me that actually we kind of steer clear of coconut, I, that for me was a challenge. You know, there's many things that are challenging for people um, who are converting to this lifestyle and, and giving up coconut was, was that for me. So I set out to do this research in all honesty to yeah. prove wrong. I really wanted you to be wrong about coconut. Why is this the one plant, whole plant food that we recommend people steer clear of? And I went all food lawyery and looked at every single coconut product I could think of, did a ton of research and came to some conclusions about, you know, which of these products, if any, might be considered a plant-strong food. So I'd love to go through those with you today. I would absolutely love it. So do we have a, a slide deck that, uh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> we have Michael Fleming in the back. He's our producer today, and he'll be helping us go through this slide deck. And I just, I love the fact that you and I, you know, one of the things we do love doing with coconuts is we love juggling them, totally. right? Three totally. coconuts, and you got yourself a juggling feast. That's right. That's right. Unlike apples or other fruits, they don't bruise when you drop them. They're great. No, they don't, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So, so Rip, 
uh, again, why is coconut the only plant food we advise people to stay away from? Nuts are okay. Dried fruits in moderation also okay. Why no coconut? Why is it the forbidden fruit of plant strong? And it's really two words. You know where I'm going with this. Why? Oh. Two words. What are they? <laughs> Saturated. Saturated. Fat. That's right. So um, let's do a quick review. I think we all kind of know that saturated fat is not the best thing for your body. Um, but why is that? So saturated fat in the short term, if you eat one meal with saturated fat, you're going to see more fat in your blood. Um, and you might even feel it like for those who have been living a plant strong lifestyle, like you were, I bet if you sat down and ate a curry, you would feel sluggish and groggy and you, you know, you would feel it right. Mm -hmm. Um, over time, we know that saturated fat can increase your LDL cholesterol. How do we know the difference between LDL cholesterol, LDL cholesterol, and HDL cholesterol? How do you remember which one's good, which one's bad? Oh, for me, it's easy. The L just uh, represents lethal. That's right. That's right. That's how I do it too. Maybe I learned that from you. Um, so it, it contributes to elevating that LDL lethal uh, density lipoprotein cholesterol. It also contributes to uh, atherosclerosis, right? Hardening of the arteries. You see plaque buildup. Um, it increases the risk of heart disease, of course, which is we know is the number one killer of men and women in America. Increases the risk of stroke, diabetes. Um, you know, saturated fats, of course, cause insulin resistance and then also cancer, right? So saturated fat is really bad for your body. And it turns out it's also because it's bad for your body, bad for your brain. So it increases the risk of Alzheimer's and dementia. And that's actually proportional to the amount that you consume. So there was a dose uh, response analysis that showed that for every four grams of saturated fat consumed daily, you increase your risk of Alzheimer's by 15%. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's absolutely. Um, yeah. It's staggering. And to me, the thing that's also staggering is just how there's so much misinformation right now around saturated fat. Cause you have these camps, like obviously the, the paleo, the keto and the carnivore camp that are trying to say that saturated fat is your friend. And which I don't, I don't understand because to me, the science is pretty darn, pretty darn definitive that we have as human beings, we have no requirement for saturated fat. The only fat we really need are the polyunsaturated omega-3s and omega-6s that we have to get from food. Otherwise, saturated fat, you know what? I mean, leave it, leave it alone. I mean, look what you just went through, Jess. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six things that uh, that increase your chances for chronic Western disease. Not not. Right. Yeah. Right. And some people might not care if they're a little bit overweight or if they're they don't have energy or, you know, maybe their cholesterol's a little high. But when it comes to your brain, like that's your personality and you know how you think and how you live your life. Like that's something if you're not motivated by your body, uh, steering clear of saturated fat because of the risk it can have, uh, the, the negative impact it can have on your brain. Uh, you know, that's a good motivator for, for a lot of people. And just look at the research from, from Dean and Aisha Shurzai, yes. right out at uh, Loma, Loma Linda. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the fact that we have now almost 50% of us, when we get to the age of 80, that are having some form of dementia or Alzheimer's to me, 
is in large part because of the standard American diet that is so heavy in the saturated fats that you can't you can't steer clear of saturated fat if you're eating red meat, chicken, fish, if you're eating dairy products, and obviously coconut. That's right. That's right. And four grams of saturated fat, again, that increase your risk of Alzheimer's by 15%. That's like half a macaroon. That's like nothing. Four grams of saturated fat is nothing. Is that um, a day? Is that a day? Four grams a day. day. Okay. Day. okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So eating half a macaroon per day is going to increase your risk of Alzheimer's by, by 15%. I mean, Jess, I know, I know firefighter, firefighter, you know, firefighters I used to work with that were doing shots of coconut oil before breakfast, before lunch and before dinner, because they thought it was healthy. Ooh. Oh my yeah. Gosh. Ooh, That's ooh. Scary. It's painful. Gary. Well, Rip, as you alluded to, um, you know, the most common sources of saturated fat are, of course, animal products. Um, so that's where, you know, people, the average American who's consuming a ton of saturated fat, they're coming from things like cheese, beef, processed meats. If you're eating bacon every day or you're eating even a piece of cheese, um, Every day, you're going to be getting those four grams. One small serving of cheese is between five to six grams of saturated fat. And mm. who eats just one serving of cheese, right? If you're eating cheese, you're probably having more than that. So um, it's quite surprising that every little bit really counts. Mm. Um, so, of course, you know, I, I pulled together uh, some information about the amount of saturated fat in a variety of animal products. Uh, but the big thing is there's a ton of saturated fat and zero fiber. So we know that saturated fat increases cholesterol, but fiber brings it down. So if there's some fiber to offset it, that can really help. Um, uh, One of the things I'd love for you, love for you to do um, for people that are just listening is just kind of go through and share some of those saturated fat numbers with each uh, food group. Sure. So I've put together, I have a graph in front of me that has 100 grams of uh, typical um, foods that you would see in a, in a standard American diet. So we've got um, 100 grams of cheddar cheese, which is about three servings of cheese. It's going to have 400 calories, 21 grams of saturated fat mm. and zero fiber. Um Filet mignon, right? A nice uh, fatty piece of beef, 100 grams is one serving. You're going to get 270 calories, seven grams of saturated fat. Again, zero grams of fiber. Um, so, you know, it's it's quite disturbing. Even a glass of whole milk um, is 240 grams. Um, so you're going to see five grams of saturated fat and zero grams of fiber. Mm. Uh, so it's really easy to get that saturated fat if you're consuming animal products. It, it builds quite quickly. But as we know, there are plant foods that actually contain saturated fat. So I put together a list of those as well. Again, all measurements are in 100 grams so that we can compare apples to apples. 100 grams of fresh coconut, which is a serving, it's two inches by three inches, uh, about half an inch thick. That's 350 calories, 30 grams of saturated fat. Mm -hmm. That's a ton. And yes, there's fiber. There's nine grams of fiber in that. Um, but is it enough to offset 
all of that saturated fat, I'm not so sure. Rip, what else, what else uh, do you want to call out here? I think it's interesting that uh, cashews are one of the nuts with the highest saturated fat content. So yeah, a hundred grams is like three servings of cashews and you're going to see eight grams of saturated fat, four grams of fiber. Yeah. Most nuts typically sit about 15% of their calories are coming from uh, saturated fat. Same thing with avocados. Um, you know, one of the things on this chart that I find really amazing is the coconut oil, right? Um, so it's, if you have a hundred grams, you're going to take in 860 calories and 87 grams of saturated fat. So it's, it's really crazy. The other thing that's kind of surprising is nutmeg there on the far right. Yeah. right? Nutmeg has an unbelievable amount of saturated fat. Who knew? And nutmeg you're only using a sprinkle for even you know the most nutmeg heavy recipes so i'm not worried about that i just thought it was interesting that it has saturated fat yeah. i wonder if it's related to coconut maybe it is and then of course unfortunately you know you've got the 70 percent dark chocolate that yeah. is 575 calories for 100 grams and 27 <laughs> grams of saturated fat yes. which is yeah. one of the reasons why you know with with dark chocolate you just I mean, chocolate in general, you just, you gotta leave it for special occasions. Totally, totally. And chocolate is the number one craved food in the world. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's that's a hard one for a lot of people. I do know that there's defatted coconut, uh, excuse me, defatted cacao yeah. powder out there yeah. that you can buy. So if you have a chocolate fix, you know, sprinkle a little of that on a, on a date with a piece of walnut, um, you know, that might be a good alternative for somebody who's craving chocolate. I saw a question come up and somebody was asking if we are saying we shouldn't eat avocados, walnuts, things with low levels of saturated fat and high levels of fiber. We're not saying that at all. Avocados are great. Walnuts are great. We do advise because they are calorie dense for people to consume them in moderation. Uh, we're not suggesting that you go eat two whole avocados for lunch, which is what somebody on a keto diet might think is healthy for you. Um, but no, the high fiber content in those foods offset any negative impacts from those lower amounts of saturated fat. But coconut with 30 grams of saturated fat per serving, I mean, I want to see 60 grams of fiber before I call that a healthy and let me And let me add just to that, um, is that, I think everybody that's listening, you probably know where you are as far as your health. And if there's any concerns with, for example, type two diabetes with heart disease, maybe you've had a brush across the bow with, with cancer. You know, I had, uh, I was interviewing John McDougal yesterday, Jess. Mm -hmm. Um, and he said that like for, with his heart patients and the same thing with my father, obviously he's like, they don't know moderation with nuts and avocados. So know yourself, know what your health goals are, and then act accordingly. Um, but you know, this is this is it's a spectrum depending upon where you are. And 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 Jess and I were, you know, our numbers are great. We've been doing this for a long time, and we can get away with a little bit more than maybe some other people that need to be a little more judicious. 
That's with, right. We've had, that's uh, right, Rip. Yeah. We've had some morning meetings. You see, I eat a, a plate of berries and a slice of avocado toast, you know, thin spread on a, a whole grain yeah. Ezekiel English muffin. That's what I eat every morning. Um, but to your point, you know, I'm physically active and I really don't deviate from a plant strong diet, hardly ever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a great point. Uh, so as I said, the, the beginning of this episode, I researched the heck out of this went all food lawyery and i'm really disappointed to report to you that unfortunately coconuts are truly saturated fat bombs um and i'm gonna steer clear of them generally here's the study that did it for me so there was a study out of singapore that measured endothelial function of participants who ate saturated fat from rice and coconut there's a a a local meal out there called nasi lemak, which means rice with fat. And we know mm. that the fat is coming from coconut. Um, so they half the participants ate nasi lemak and half the participants ate an equivalent saturated fat meal from McDonald's. Now, the study didn't indicate what they ate, but we can assume it was likely beef, cheese. If it was something off the breakfast menu, maybe it had some eggs. And the arterial reaction from the coconut rice dish was as bad as McDonald's. And after that, I can't keep my head in the sand, right? Yeah. I, I can't have this information about curry and eat it too. You know well, what I mean? well, <laughs> and when you put it that way, it's like, it's, it's got, it has the same um, function on your endothelium that a McDonald's, you know, happy meal or unhappy meal would have that's kind of enlightening and um and maybe we should we should heed that you know <laughs> yes yes and um i see someone's asking for the link to the study i'm happy we'll put that in the show notes yeah um you'll probably do like i did and open up that study let me look at it with a fine tooth comb and let me tell you what i found again i i dug deeper so the regional variation of nasi lemak how it's consumed in singapore specifically it's often served with eggs, anchovies, fried chicken thighs, peanuts, all of these other animal-based foods that are high in saturated fat. Um, Michael, if you want to go to the next slide, I actually Googled, I actually Googled uh, Nasi Lamak Singapore, and I couldn't find a single picture of it without mm -hmm. some animal-based accoutrement. So is that study giving us some useful information? Hard to say, hard to say. I think until more research is done, there's not definitive evidence that the saturated fat from coconut is as bad as the saturated fat in animal products, but there's definitely not proof that it's better for you. So in the meantime, my philosophy is better safe than sorry. There are plenty of other foods out there. Um, well, yeah. but I will, I will counter that Jess and say that, say that you know, all these, a lot of the paleo people will say, yeah, but the saturated fat in, in coconut is coming from these healthy medium chain triglycerides that they react differently in your body. Uh, the, the lauric acid, you know, performs in a way that, um, I don't know, is, is healthier. Mm -hmm. And let's just, let's just give them that. Okay. Sure. Well, but that lauric acid actually comprises like 46% of the saturated fat that's, that's in 
um, in the coconut. Mm -hmm. The remainder is coming from the same kind of long chain triglycerides, unhealthy fats that are in pork, you know, that are in, you know, red meat, you name it, cheese. So, and, and you just showed that slide before, you know, how many grams of saturated fat there are in coconut, coconut oil, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it's like, I think it's pretty definitive. I think we know the answer. I really yeah. do. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. don't, because here's, here's what I worry. If you tell people, but it's not definitive and it might be, and they're gonna be, oh good, you've just given me permission to, to eat all I want. That's great. Well, yes, and thank you for, for spelling that out, Rip, yes. Um, but I, I had to be unbiased. I wanted to share yes. all of the, the information here. Um, but yeah, that's a great point. And Rip, I'll share with you, I'm actually grateful for the lack of information I had at one point in time. I used to drink an MCT oil coffee every morning. Do you remember butter coffees? You used to be able to get them at Whole Foods. Oh yeah, David Asprey, oh yeah. Yeah, they were expensive, they were delicious. And they were terrible for you. My cholesterol, even though I was otherwise eating pretty healthy, um, was 300. And I started eating a whole plant-based, whole food plant-based diet because my cholesterol was so high. And, um, you know, my cholesterol came down hundred points and I haven't looked back since. So I'm glad for that period of my life where I was yeah. having that coconut consumption every day and, and, and glad it's over. Yeah. Good. You've moved on. I've moved on. I've moved on. Um, so let's dive in. Uh, I, as I said, I did a systematic deep dive into coconuts and all the coconut products you can think of. Uh, and there might be some that would qualify as a plant strong food. So do you want to walk through these with me? Well, yeah, I'm really like really curious. <laughs> okay, great. So, so first, first one, I'm doing coconut oil because I think that one's really obvious. No, it is not a plant strong food, but it's one of those questions that I get asked a lot, and I assume you do too, right? Sure. Um, yeah. what, what's the healthiest oil? I know all oils are bad, but if you're going to pick one, what do you recommend? Coconut oil. Um, mm -hmm. And as you correctly pointed out, you know, a hundred grams. Um, Michael, if you could go back just one more, uh, hundred grams of coconut is actually, uh, of coconut oil is 87 grams of saturated fat. It's crazy yeah. high. Uh, so coconut oil being positioned as a health food. I think it's, you've, you've said this phrase, the greatest lie the devil ever told. And it, <laughs> it's very bad. It's essentially the same as butter when it comes to fat in your blood. So, um, let me, let me, before you go to the next slide, I just want to put in my two cents here as well, because I just want to re reiterate to all of our listeners today that all oil is junk and, um, you know, coconut oil in particular just promotes, um, with all the saturated fat promotes that inflammation in our, in our body. And I just want to cite, there was a, a great interview with, in the New York times with Dr. Alice. Lichtenstein. She is a professor of nutritional science and uh, policy at Tufts University. She also, Jess, well, you'll appreciate this. She's the vice chair of the federal government's dietary guideline advisory committee. And she said that, yes, despite all the hype around coconut oil, there's virtually not one stitch of uh, data to support the hype. So it's just hype. And there's so much hype around it that it's it, it makes you dizzy, but it's yeah. just noise and hype. Don't fall for it. What a great ad rip. Thank you so much. And I'm happy to hear there's there's 
additional sources of validation besides research studies, right? Other people talking about this. Yeah. So knowing that, I will say coconut oil is a staple in my household. It's a staple for my household. So um, we keep it around because it's great for your skin. And there's a lot of- You haven't noticed that for a second. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, keep it out of the kitchen, but it's okay in your bathroom, right? It's um, yeah. I use it as a moisturizer. Uh, you can use it as like a little bit of lip balm in really small quantities as uh, uh, something you can run through your hair to reduce frizz. I also use it as a shaving cream. And I'll say anybody who's doing that, make sure you like wipe down the bathtub uh, mm -hmm. afterwards. You don't want to make it super slippery. Uh, and my favorite application of coconut oil is as a chemical free makeup remover. So ladies, if you're using, you know, something with chemicals in it to wipe away eye makeup, make the change paper towel and some coconut oil. Um, it's going to be great for your skin and, uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. So take away, use it on your body, not in your body. Um, and I know that there are a lot of healthy dessert or healthy recipes out there. You see it a lot in baked goods. Um, the recipe is otherwise great, but it uses coconut oil. So for those who might be looking for an alternative, mm, yeah, what can you do, right? Um, my recommendation, you probably know this, is applesauce. We always keep one of those little six packs of unsweetened applesauce cups in the cupboard. So we're ready to modify a recipe and avoid all of that extra, uh, those extra processed oil, it's calories and that saturated fat. And if you don't have applesauce, I want to empower uh, these uh, people who are making recipes. You can use a one-to-one -one volumetric equivalent of any other, many other types of blended fruits. So mashed banana would work great. Uh, blended prunes is also a cult favorite among whole food mm. plant-based bakers. You could also use a smashed avocado if you were doing something savory. Uh, so again, you can use it if it's requesting a quarter of a cup of coconut oil, put in a quarter of a cup of blended prunes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. In this time of the year, another thing that works well is pumpkin puree. Oh, good idea. What a great idea. Yeah. Good, yeah. good call. Good call. Yeah. And, and you, right. know, you mentioned that it's great. Uh, it's a great makeup remover for, you said for the, uh, the ladies, but you know, there's some men that use makeup as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It's funny. Whole foods started selling towelettes covered in coconut oil, like single use towelettes mm -hmm. covered in coconut oil. For yeah. But yes, men and women can use those alike. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. What's next? Uh, coconut extract. So Rip, we, we've talked about this before. I've, I've seen it in some uh, plant strong food demos with Jane and Anne. Yep. I also am okay with extracts in our uh, kitchen. You're going to find vanilla extract, almond extract, coconut extract. Those are the main three. Um, but I want to be clear. We believe it to be a plant strong food, but we are talking about extracts, not flavors. So vanilla flavor, for example, is a synthetic man-made chemical compound called vanillin that mimics vanilla taste. So vanilla extract, uh, on the other hand, is just vanilla beans and some sort of carrier-like alcohol. Um, and because extracts are a concentrated product, I would be sure to try to find one that's organic, that doesn't have any extra ingredients, particularly added sugar. I see a lot of uh, extracts out there with corn syrup or agave or natural flavors. We don't need any of that. 
And I had a hard time finding a brand that checked all of these boxes. So my recommendation um, is to make it at home. And I think that would make a great holiday gift if you're looking for uh, something to give away to neighbors. Um, we're going to post a link in, in the show notes to a recipe that uses vodka, which is the alcohol-based carrier, and fresh coconut. You soak it for, I think, five to seven days. Um, and it's <laughs> good to go. So I'm not implying that vodka is a plant-strong food. Uh, you know, no, I'm just amazed that you're recommending people make their own uh uh, coconut extract. <laughs> oh, it's so easy. Shredded fresh coconut and then pour in the vodka. Let it sit for five days. That's that's all you need to do. Um, but yeah, of course, when you're using it in small quantities and you're baking it most of the time, that alcohol is going to mm. um, be, be cooked out of it. So takeaway, yes, coconut extract is a plant-strong food. But considering the fact that most brands have ingredients that are not so savory, I think it's best to make your own. It's my recommendation. Mm. Okay. All right. What do we got next? Oh, oh this looks dangerous. <laughs> danger. This, uh, danger. Will Robertson. Danger. <laughs> it was hard for me to research all of these coconut products without craving coconut rip. It was so strange. But yeah, coconut milk, the stuff that makes curries so delicious and irresistible. Um, one know. serving of unsweetened coconut milk has 11 grams of saturated fat. That's more than half of your daily value in a meager one third cup. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the American Heart Association and others recommend that your, your upper limit of saturated fat for the day should be about 7% of your calories. And think about that. That's 11 grams right there. You said yeah. 11. 11. So I'm, I'm assuming that you multiply that by 10 because there's 10 uh, calories in a gram. So that's, 100 and, that's 110 calories right there. Yes. And I think those national guidelines oh. <laughs> are generous, are sure generous so. because they know that people aren't going to eliminate all animal foods out of their diet. So there's probably some influence happening to keep the daily recommended value of saturated fats high. Um, but yeah, that's a great, that's a great call out rip. And um, you know, I was just talking about coconut milk with those stats. I'm not even talking about coconut cream, which is typically used in a lot of uh, restaurant food. It's more concentrated coconut milk. So it's going to have two to three times the saturated fat, even the light version. Have you seen those cans of like yes. coconut yes. light? Mm -hmm. So that's like the lowest fat option. It's still going to have those four grams of saturated fat uh, per, per serving, which is about 20% of that daily value and no fiber. Yeah. Yep. So takeaway here, coconut milk, it's concentrated, saturated fat without any fiber, definitely not a plant strong food. Mm. So yeah, let's, let's talk about some alternatives though. Um, so uh, I think it depends on the application. If you're looking for an alternative to coconut milk that might be plant strong, I know Anne's trick that we love so much is soy milk, which is a milk that has, is a plant-based milk that has higher fat content than some uh, alternatives and a little bit of that coconut extract. You're going to get the fatty mouth feel with that coconut flavor and a little bit of sweetness. I think that's a great option if you're making a curry. Uh, one thing that we do in our household is we use a little bit of nut butter. So cashew uh, is the smoothest and the mildest. mildest. Uh, also sunflower seed butter, that might be a good option. Depending on the dish, you might also want to use tahini or peanut butter. Those flavors could play nicely. Mm -hmm. um, 
another one, potatoes, right? Like a super creamy baked Yukon gold that you just blend the crap out of or a Japanese sweet potato. You know, we love those. Uh, blending those up really nicely would give a creamy texture. And if you're really going for something healthy, I would recommend beans, something like a ready to eat creamy cannellini bean or uh, yeah, red lentils, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plenty of options. Plenty of options out there. We don't need the coconut milk. We definitely don't. Is there such a thing as a non-fat coconut milk? I just saw somebody post about it. Oh, if there's one out there, you know, yeah, please post the link to it. We'll we'll check it out later. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love to see that. I wonder what it would taste like though. (laughs) I know. I know. Yeah. Well, probably coconut water. Probably. (laughs) Yeah, probably (laughs) coconut water. Um, So that was just regarding canned coconut products. You know, we also see in the refrigerated section, coconut milks. It's a really common dairy alternative. Is this a plant strong food? Still no. Um, It's got the same amount of saturated fat as whole milk, actually about four grams per cup, again, with no fiber. So takeaway, is it healthy? No. Is it plant strong? No. Is it environmentally and ethically friendly? Totally. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, not a plant strong food. So any other, if you're looking for an alternative to coconut milk, like what you're, you know, like a silk brand or some sort of refrigerated milk, any other plant-based milk is going to have less saturated fat. Even the creamiest, most concentrated plant-based milks out there, Rip, I'm thinking about Elmhurst, Mm -hmm. right? We know cashews have one of the highest amounts of saturated fat. Uh, of any nut, they're going to have significantly less saturated fat. I think they have like 1.5 grams per cup versus coconut milk with four. So yeah, um, yeah plenty and, of other options. And Jess, what about, I would imagine this carries over also into coconut yogurts that are also pretty yes. popular. Great point. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm, that's right. Mm-hmm. You know, those are so often loaded with sugar and other strange gums, emulsifiers. I didn't even look into those because they've got the added sugar. They've got um, those strange ingredients and they have the fat. So coconut ice cream, coconut yogurt. I haven't found an option out there that I would consider to be plant strong. Well, you you just mentioned coconut ice cream, or I should say, let me just, yeah. A lot of plant-based ice creams are using coconut as their base. That's right. 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 To get that, that mouthfeel and it's very similar to cow's milk. Mm-hmm. So check check that out. And if the saturated fat is leaping off the page and it's more than four uh, grams per serving, then I can almost guarantee you, you got some sort of coconut cream or milk that's the base for that uh, ice cream. Totally, totally. And again, our alternative, if you're craving some ice cream, you know the magic of <laughs> bananas, right? Frozen bananas. Um, but yeah, couldn't find any options out there. Unfortunately, let's talk about another coconut beverage, mm-hmm. coconut water. So, but I need all my minerals that are in the coconut water. I need them. I need all those nutrients. Oh my gosh, Rip. That's exactly right. That's the argument. So first off, I'll just throw it out there. It violates the plant strong tenet of don't drink your calories. We know that. Yeah. But to your point, we see so many instances of the coconut industry grasping at straws to make coconut a health food and positioning it as this natural Gatorade um, is is one of those. Have you seen Idiocracy? Do you remember that movie? Have you seen it? 
I've heard of it. I have not seen. No, it's um, they have everybody's drinking. There's this green beverage that comes out of water fountains. It's in toilets. It's this electrolyte beverage. And then whenever anybody questions it, they say, oh, it has electrolytes. Um, But yeah, so uh, what are electrolytes, right? The coconut industry talks about coconut water. It has electrolytes. It's a health food. What are electrolytes? So they are, and Rip, I'm sure you probably know this, uh, Mm -hmm. those essential minerals that are vital to key functions in the body. So things like sodium, uh, calcium, potassium, and yes, coconut water uh, does have some of these minerals. It's actually really high in sodium and potassium. Um, If you look at the back of a coconut uh, water label, you'll see... uh, it has more than a one-to-one ratio of sodium. I was really surprised by that. So of course, across different brands of coconut, you're gonna see some variation uh, based on you know the variety or the region, region or the dilution. Uh, but the average off-the-shelf coconut water has approximately 40 calories and 60 milligrams of sodium per cup. Isn't that surprising? 40 calories per serving, huh? Yeah. And, and 60 milligrams of sodium. That's a, that's a one to 1.5 ratio. It's pretty high. Yeah. So I would imagine most of those, those, um, those coconut waters are what, two to two and a half servings per bottle. Yes. Yep. Yep. So you're probably drinking right around hundred calories for each one of those. That's right? right. That's right. The other thing that's interesting is they're crazy high in potassium, which can be a good thing, I guess, if you're drinking a little bit, but if, if you're someone who's living with like reduced kidney function, either from type two diabetes, or maybe you've had uh, a kidney removed, that coconut water goes down fast. You get that flood of potassium. It can be bad news. So, um, Mm. yeah, it has electrolytes. And now that I know what electrolytes are, I'm not really impressed. Right. (laughs) Can you name a plant? whole plant food that doesn't have electrolytes. No, it's it's kind of inherent there in the plant. You know, one of the things this is making me think, Hmm. and uh, I'd love to hear uh, everybody who's listening, your thoughts, if you could put them into the chat. But so we've talked about how the coconut has more saturated fat really than, than any other food on the planet. It's the one plant food that we really, um, very thoughtfully uh, stay away from. But why did nature put it there? What was the reason for uh, something that has this much fat, saturated fat? It comes in that crazy shell. You know, there's got to be a reason. I have a, I have an answer. Oh my God, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I think I have an answer. Here's my hypothesis. I think it is a whole plant food with a ton of fiber that would balance all that saturated fat if you eat the shell, I bet there's a ton of fiber in that like brown, like kind of rough outer shell. If you can eat the shell, I bet there's a really good fiber balance in there that might make me consider it to be mm-hmm. more aligned to a plant strong lifestyle. That's my, that's my hunch. I'll look it up later. And also like, look where they grow. I mean, they grow typically in, you know, tropical climates, right? That's right. And where you probably can grow fruits and vegetables and there's mm-hmm. used to be fishing and mm-hmm. anyway, um, it's something to ponder. Yeah, definitely. Something to ponder. I love these questions, Rip. That's great. Um, so the takeaway here, electrolytes aside, there's no definitive evidence that coconut water 
or sports drinks, I'm going to kind of throw them under the bus too, rehydrate you better than water. So I think about athletes who are uh, drinking coconut water, right? They really care about rehydration. And why do athletes care about rehydration for performance, right? They want, they believe that if they can rehydrate, they can recover faster and thus have some sort of competitive edge. But Rip, I want to tell you something. So studies funded by coconut water companies couldn't proved couldn't prove that they improved performance. Uh-huh. So coconut water performed as well as a traditional sports drink, but neither was as good as water. Isn't that interesting? That is really interesting. Yeah. Um, now I will say, I, I will make the argument that when you're out there uh, on a bike, on a run, doing something for more than an hour, it is important to have something besides just water to to fuel yourself. Um, but that's for another discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, another discussion for sure. And let's look into it a little bit more for those endurance athletes. Yeah, let's let's dive into that. Um, but our takeaway for the average person consuming uh, working out or not is coconut water a healthy beverage? Nah. It's sugar water with maybe some essential minerals um, that you can easily get elsewhere, right? So don't drink your calories, steer clear of coconut water. My recommendation for those who are working out a lot is after you exercise, drink lots of water and eat whole plant foods. You're going to replenish those electrolytes. Um, So if you're looking for calcium, have a cup of soy milk or some sesame seeds. Rip, aren't oranges also really high in calcium? Am I remembering that correctly? No, oranges, yes. Oranges, absolutely. So that soccer mom who was bringing the orange slices to the soccer game, she was on to something. That's the way to do it. But the other thing we want to do after we work out is we want to replace our glycogen stores. We have like a golden golden um, 20 minutes when if we can take mm. in some nice carbohydrates, uh, our, our, our glycogen stores are like just super open and super receptive to receiving this and, and, and storing it for the next workout. That's a great, that's great to know. Wow. A 20 minute window, 20 minute. Good to know. Yeah. That's not enough time to like get home and prepare a meal. You got to have something ready to go. Yeah. Ideally. Right. Yeah. Um, so before we move on, I'd like to also call out for those who are just drinking coconut water, not as like a sports drink alternative, but because they want some sort of flavorful beverage, I'm going to recommend something uh, with proven health benefits, right? Something like um, a green tea with a squeeze of lemon or a black tea with some uh, peaches infused in there or hibiscus tea with muddled berries. I think any of those would be um, a great alternative if you're looking for flavor. Wow. And didn't we just launch some teas like yesterday? <laughs> Maybe. What? I just, yeah. But yeah, we did it. We did it for those who don't want to drink their calories, um, but want some additional flavor, whether it's iced or hot. Uh, we developed some functional teas that uh, we're really proud of. So yeah, yep. that's a great yep. point. Rip. Source direct- you on there. Yeah. Source directly from Sri Lanka. Some of the best, um, Best tea at the perfect elevations in very, very fair worker conditions. uh, We really did our research on this one and feel super proud about it. 
Yes, we did. And some of those unique ingredients, I think about the one um, I'm most excited to be getting in is the gooseberry green tea. So, you know, I'm a fan of amla, one yep. of the most antioxidant rich uh, compounds in the world, and we've got it in our green tea. So I'll definitely be, that'll be part of my uh, afternoon ritual for sure. Mm -mm. All right. So I think we have just two or three more uh, coconut products to go through. So yeah. Uh, hang in there, hang in there, and then we'll take your questions. <laughs> Rip, uh, coconut sugar, right? I think you even asked me about that. Um, yeah, I did. Is that a plant-strong food? Because I could see coconut sugar maybe, but maybe it's just like any other sugar. <laughs> so let's start. Let's start uh, by talking about where sh coconut sugar comes from. So it's actually, there's an incision made in a coconut, tr the trunk of a coconut tree, and liquid sap is sap is extracted and it's boiled and boiled and boiled and boiled until most of that water has evaporated. Um, so it's concentrated sweetness without any fiber to curb the impact you're gonna see to your blood sugar. It doesn't have fiber to make you feel full. It's not gonna blunt those blood sugar spikes. It's not gonna have the fiber to carry those phytonutrients. Uh, remember, nutrients are bound to the fiber. Um, it's very similar to maple syrup in my mind. Uh, it's less processed than something like traditional sugar. It has some nutrients and maybe we can make some small exceptions in small quantities if it's very low on the ingredient list. Uh, yeah. But my thought is why? Why do we need to do that when there's other better options out there? Do you know where I'm going with this? I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love, if you guys don't know this about me, I, I try to put dates in everything. I love whole dates. I love date powder, which is uh, dried pulverized dates. So that's our recommendation for an alternative. You don't need coconut sugar, just use some date powder. Um, and some people might say, isn't date powder also concentrated? Sure, to a degree, yeah, it's concentrated in the same way that dried fruits might be con are, are concentrated. Um, but it does have all of that great fiber from dates. We know that uh, dates are one of the most fiber dense foods that we know of. Um, gram for gram, more fiber than broccoli, blueberries, some kinds of beans. And it has gram for gram more potassium than a banana. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, that's my favorite. You know, that's my favorite. Oh, yeah. No, it's and, become and, mine too. Yeah. And I want to point out if you are purchasing date powder, out there, date powder is also called date sugar. There's there's really no difference. They're used interchangeably. Um, and how you can confirm if you're unsure, check the fiber. If it's got fiber and then you're showing up in the nutrition facts, even in small quantities, um, then it's it's dried pulverized dates. That's how you know. Nice. Nice. All right, moving on. Coconut meat. Surely fresh coconut meat, like the whole plant food is considered plant strong, right? No, no. Um, it's better than like a coconut cream because it does have some fiber, but I think you agree, Rip, we still think the saturated fat's too high. So, um, uh, yeah. And so many people, they, you know, they want to, <clears throat> you know, add it to their granola or they want to add to their cereals, a little topper. And, um, I just find it's easiest to just stay away from it completely. That's right. That's right. So it is a whole plant food. That's true. But is it a plant strong food? No, because of the, um, uh, 
saturated fat, it's, it's still too high, uh, not a plant strong food. So, yeah. uh, I don't know many people who are eating or craving just straight coconut meat, but I wanted to provide alternatives for people, um, for, for every single one of these products. So if you're craving something that has that crunch and the fat and that slightly sweet profile of, of fresh coconut, I'd try carrots in like a rich nut-based dressing mm. or maybe a bunch of carrots and a few cashews, um, maybe some macadamia nuts too. Those are kind of forgotten, but have a coconut-like texture uh, that should satisfy your craving. So Rip, um, yeah. moving on to our last item here, second to last, if fresh coconut isn't a plant strong food, then one can probably correctly deduce that dried coconut is not a plant strong food. All those same reasons, same saturated fat. It's got a ton of the water removed. Um, we know that you're increasing the likelihood of overconsumption too, because the stomach receptors aren't stretching and telling your brain that you've eaten enough. Uh, you're eating a really calorie dense, high saturated fat food. And of course, that's not what we're going for. So more alternatives, you know, if, if you want to put it in that granola that you were talking about or use it as a topper, I would use those macadamia nuts. They've really got a nice crunch and kind of like a rubbery resistance, um, very similar to coconut. Uh, so that would be my suggestion. And I know that the most common application I've seen of shredded coconut is as a key ingredient in uh, macaroons, right? Those little uh, coconut mound cookies. I found some recipes online for carrot cake macaroons that use shredded carrots with almond flour and raisins. So I'm eager to try that. I think that might be a good option. Um, Jess, let me let me jump in for a sec because we're getting a lot of people wondering about the macadamia nuts, and I figured that that might might happen. Mm -hmm. um, yes, they are. You know, let's just call a spade a spade here. All nuts are high in fat, right? Doesn't matter if it's if it's almond, if it's walnut, if it's uh, pistachios are all somewhere between 80 to 90% fat. And this is why we, again, you've got to know yourself. You've got to know your health condition and maybe you want to stay away from, from all nuts, right? Maybe you can do one ounce or two ounces a day, but, um, I can tell you, we don't have macadamia nuts in our house because they would go too quickly. They are like litter, little balls of butter. I mean, they truly are. And like, as you said, They've got this crazy mouthfeel and texture. So, you know, in our house, we typically have, we have some cashews, but we usually only have those when we make uh, like a macaroni and not cheese, right? Mm -hmm. uh, as a substitute for the cheese. And then we also have walnuts. And those are for the most part, the only nuts we have. I mean, we also have some almond butter for the kids uh, on the sandwiches, but yeah. um, so I knew, I knew that the macadamia nuts would elicit a certain response. And um, yeah. yeah, so just know know yourself and be careful. <laughs> thanks, Rip. Thanks, thanks for bringing that up. And um, yes, knowing yourself is really important. And looking at, again, 100 grams of macadamia nuts, 12 grams of saturated fat, nine grams of fiber compared to coconut that was 30 grams of saturated fat to nine grams of fiber. So are we saying to go eat your fill of coconut of macadamia nuts? Absolutely not. Might it occasionally be a good substitute if you really need coconut? I'd say, yeah, evaluate for yourself. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so 
Rip, um, you know, we were talking about coconut shreds and how they still have a lot of the saturated fat and thinking creatively, I wondered if there was a way to remove some of that saturated fat, but retain all of that healthy fiber, right? If there was a, a, hmm. a better ratio of saturated fat to fiber, I might consider it to be a plant strong food. And I think about the foods out there like the defatted products like PB2, right? That's something that we've talked about before. Single ingredient, defatted, roasted peanuts. That's all that's in there. Or TVP, right? There's some clean texturized vegetable proteins out there that are just 100% defatted soy mm. flour. So if the fat's extracted, they're still going to have all that fiber. They're still going to have all that protein from a nutrition standpoint. They're great. Um, what if we did that to coconut and come to find out are they doing it what? yes oh yes. So, so there um coconut flour is on the market and you know it makes sense uh that you have all these companies who are making coconut oil and coconut cream and coconut milk what are they going to do with all that leftover yeah oh, they've extracted the fat from it hmm. so um Historically, this was like a byproduct that would go into animal feeds or was simply thrown out. But then some marketing genius was like, I think I can sell that. Yeah. Um, and it's gluten free. Why it's, not? It's gluten free. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, so coconut pulp has very little saturated fat. It's all been extracted, but it's got a ton of fiber. It's got protein. I was really surprised to see the amount of protein. It's dried at low temperatures, ground into a fine, fine powder. Uh, and then it's put in a resealable bag and we buy it as a fancy specialty item from Whole Foods. So let's let's take a look at the nutritional. So here's a here's a, a Bob's Red Mill coconut flour. Two tablespoons is a serving one gram of saturated fat, hmm. six grams of fiber, three grams of protein. Um, and, you know, I was pretty impressed with this ratio Uh Michael, do you want to go to the next slide? So, so um, we see that coconut flour for 100 grams has 13 grams of saturated fat and 33 grams of fiber. I like that balance so much better. Um, and I'm happy to report, Rip, that there was actually research done on defatted coconut specifically, and it was shown to have a cholesterol lowering effect. So knowing this, uh -huh. Looking at the ratios, we go where the science takes us, right? Is coconut flour a plant strong food? I don't know. I don't, I, I'm still confused. Is it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think the verdict well, should read plant strong food, coconut flour. Jess thinks so. Well, um, so I would, I would like to experiment with that and see if it can make a, a good, be part of a, um, base for a gluten-free pancake waffle mix yeah. that might be nice so let's yeah. experiment with that and see if it if it passes the uh our our plant strong sniff test let's do it let's do it so takeaway here um low in saturated fat high in fiber coconut flour has a good amount of protein and is proven to have a positive impact on cholesterol just thinks it's a plant strong food um i think it's a great option for those who are gluten-free I think it, uh, you know, there it, you can't use it as a one-for-one, one. take caution. It's really absorbent. So you can't use it as a one-for-one one substitute in baked goods. Uh, you need to act, add more liquid. You need to sift it. 
but it does impart this subtly sweet taste that I think would be great for pancakes. Um, you could also use it as a breading, right? I've seen it used in recipes for like air fried cauliflower wings, um, which would be interesting. So yeah, in summary, we've looked at this from all angles and based on current research, coconut and coconut byproducts are not plant strong foods with two exceptions, coconut extract, preferably one that you make at home and defatted coconut flour. So unfortunately no curries for me. If the science, if there's more studies done and we find, you know, something else based on that. Yeah, good luck. Good that. luck. Good luck. I think you're, I think you're really fishing. Uh, you're arguing for your limitations here. Yeah. Tell me this, tell me this, Jess. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen in the chat box, a lot of people are wondering about coconut aminos. Oh. And, uh, and my, my gut tells me there's nothing wrong with coconut aminos, but I would, again, I'd have to look at the nutrition facts uh, panel and, and dive into that. Maybe yeah. you could do a little bit of that right now while we're, yeah. while we're here. Well, but just, look for. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. no, I was just going to say, you know, thank you for delving in and um, looking into all the different iterations of coconut. And if they're, you know, if they qualify as plant strong products or not. And um, I think it's really interesting what your, what your investigative skills have once again uh, unearthed. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate that. And, and yeah, just a quick check for those who were curious about the um, uh, aminos, they don't have any fat. It's zero grams. Um, I think it would be an acceptable alternative salt that might have some mm -hmm. trace nutrients that might be more beneficial. I would just caution people, particularly if you have a heart condition, try to make sure that you're not putting a ton of this super, super salty, basically soy sauce alternative um, in whatever it is you're cooking. I would monitor the sodium. I don't think the fact that it's coming from uh, coconut is anything that is cause for concern. Mm. Everybody, everybody's saying that the slide is a little bit incorrect. I think it's because you had the check marks on the ones that, oh. uh, and, and the X ones. Michael, can you go back to that? Uh, no, you said you have the check mark next to coconut shreds and coconut. Sorry, shreds. it is, man. People yeah. are so good. Great yeah. job. Yes. Yeah. Coconut shreds, not a plant strong food. Yeah. Yeah. Coconut flour, deep added is a yeah. plant strong food. Michael, if you're going to use these for like some social media or something, I'll send you an updated version that has those. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Clara D and uh, Catherine and everybody else that noticed that. Thank um, you. Jess, we're getting getting close to our hour here, but um, would love uh, if anybody can throw any questions out there now that we're um, we can pay one hundred percent attention to the chat room. Um, Jess, yeah. what 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 coconut product or products do you currently have in your home besides the coconut oil for your makeup remover? Um, we've got some coconut water. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> We got some coconut water. Yeah, yeah. Um, we haven't like burned through it all since we've like fine tuned and done all the investigation here, though. So it's like lingering coconut water. Mm. Um, but Rip, you know, as you may or may not know, like Evan's specialty is curries. That's what he always made, and he's so good at it. Uh, but yeah, no, no more head in the sand curries. Well, me. but I want to. I so knowing Evan, so uh, 
everybody, I want you to know that Jess's husband is like this rocket scientist. He's so brilliant. And he also carries over his brilliance into food as well. He's an amazing chef. And Jeff and Jeff and Evan make such an amazing couple. Um, but I bet you if anybody can make a curry work without actually using, you know, coconut milk, it's it's Evan. He does. And we use those nut butters and we use uh, soy milk and coconut extract. Yeah. Do so we see any questions come in? Uh yeah, yes. So Nancy is concerned, Jess, you know, your skin is an organ and it will absorb the coconut oil. That's a really great point. Um, I, to be honest with you, Rib, if I'm using it as like yeah. a moisturizer on my lips, I'm very careful not to ingest it. I don't <laughs> even want those trace amounts. So yes, your skin is an organ. It's yeah. true. I'm not worried about it getting into my blood though, which I think is the the biggest issue, but yeah. Yeah. Look into that. So Mike, Mike wants to know, is coconut water not a good hydration? I would say, Mike, you know what? It, even if it is, it's just empty calories, right? It's just sugar water, as Jess said about five times. Just do water. Just do water. And then if you want to flavor it, take a little lemon, lime, strawberry, or something like that and, and, and put it in there. Yeah. Yep. Right. Um, let's see here. Um, what are good non-dairy dry milk options, uh, that would be useful for cooking and baking? Do you oh, see man. I do. Robert, my recommendation for you would be to hop on Amazon. There are a number of brands that have, uh, reconstitutable plant-based milk powders. I think of brands like Joy, J-O-I. Um, there are a number of them on Amazon. That's where I would do. They've got cashew, they've got oat, they've got almond, all, all great options. What about, um, so Michael Botko says Amla in your green tea question mark. Yes. Amla, <laughs> AKA Indian gooseberry, yeah. uh, is the gooseberry in our gooseberry green hot tea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Antioxidant powerhouse. Amla is incredible. We, we should do a, a Facebook live just on Amla rip. I'll be ready for that. It's, mm -hmm. it's incredible. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, do you have any recommendations for yogurt? Uh, if coconut is a no, no, and the nuts are high in fat. Uh, yes, I do. Marley, Marley. I love how interactive I remember you from previous episodes. Um, my recommendation is a soy based yogurt that you make from home using soy milk that only contains soybeans and water. So there's a really easy stovetop recipe where you can use half a carton of any yogurt. Um, with a whole 32 ounce container of soy milk. It's a recipe from my mother-in-law and it's this incredible protein dense, pure um, uh, soy based yogurt. So mm -hmm. recipe, recipe coming, recipe coming. Yeah. Judy wants to know if the teas are organic. Um, oh, that would be a great question for our COO. They are not organic, but they are single origin from one place. Um, and I think let's, yeah. let's, you know, and then there's a, there's a whole song and dance around, uh, organic tea and why, um, it's a little bit of a, um, smoke and mirrors act and, and our tea is again, I will tell you right now, there's nothing like it. And we'll, we will share some videos online where it's sourced. And so you guys can understand uh, the extent to which we have a tea that is unlike any that's out there. Um, I, I want to end, Jess, just reading this from Kathy Sloan. 
and then uh, and then we got to hop. But yeah. Kathy says I love curry too, and think that Ann and Jane taught me about soy milk and coconut extract in place of coconut milk. I am not a big lover of coconut, but my bestie seems to gravitate to anything high in saturated fat. It's so hard to watch since she has all of the food related diseases. I'm hoping to show her your slides to show her the health risks. Thanks for all this information. Couldn't agree with you more. Jess, you brought it as usual. This, you know, so much great information because like Kathy said here, you know, we want people to, we want to remove the wool that's over people's eyes and shine the light onto all things coconut. Definitely. Yes. And thank you, Kathy. And good luck. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jess. Will you hit me with a little plant strong fist bump there? Hey, everybody, you guys have a fantastic weekend. And as always, keep it plant strong. Isn't Jess just a wealth of knowledge? I so appreciate her in-depth research, and I know that you do too. We'll be sure to link up the episode resources at plantstrongpodcast.com. So in the meantime... Don't go cuckoo for coconuts, but do keep it plant strong. Thank you for listening to the Plant Strong Podcast. You can support the show by taking a quick minute to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Leaving us a positive review and sharing the show with your network is another great way to help us reach as many people as possible with the exciting news about plants. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes... Terry Barrett, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Anne Kryle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening. I want to personally invite you to join me and all the other Brock stars for this year's 13th live and in-person plant stock event outside of Asheville, North Carolina in the little town of Black Mountain. It's 1,500 acres is loaded with wildlife, trees, trails, streams. It is a nature wonderland. And what's also a wonderland are all the incredible speakers that you get to hang with all weekend long, like Jane and Ann Esselstyn, Dr. Will Bolshewitz of Fiber Fueled, Carly Bodrug, Miss Plant U, Dr. Gemma Newman is over from the UK. We have Dr. Don Musalem from the Mayo Clinic, John Mackey, the ex-CEO of Whole Food Market Stores, myself, Brian Hart, and a special appearance by the Plant Bros. Here's the kicker. All these Brock stars are there from Friday till Sunday, and they want to rub elbows with all of you, whether it's over buffets of Plant Strong Fair for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whether it's going on an afternoon hike, a swim, pickleball, frisbee golf, kickball, cornhole, dancing. We're having live music. It's all there in this fun weekend extravaganza that we affectionately call Plant Stock. Simply go to liveplantstrong.com and then click on Plant Stock 2024 and grab yourself a ticket.
before they sell out. See you there.